Hi everyone, welcome to the Blind Series Network. I'm your host, Linda Riesenberg Fissler, and I'm also the author of the Blind Series, which is Blind Influence, Blind Persuasion, Blind Alliance, and upcoming new release sometime this year, uh, hopefully this summer, uh, the, the book, book four in the series, which is called Cloaked. So today we're here though to announce something really, really cool. Um, and I hope everyone really gets involved in this and, and helps us out. But we have a big announcement today and I'm really, really, really excited about this. I'm going to conduct or we're going to conduct a raffle to win a, one of my canvas prints. The painting that I painted for this has been spoken for, but I was able to talk the person into doing a canvas print of this particular painting. And we're raffling this off. Um, and I'll get into the details of that. But first, let me share um, what we're going to be raffling off. And um, it's basically this raffle is to celebrate the Blind Influence audiobook, which will be coming out, which is uh, going to be launched on April 3rd. Um, you can pre-order the book. So that's why we're kicking off this raffle a couple weeks ahead of time, because you can order the pre-order and it still counts for the raffle. So this is the painting um, and canvas print that it, we are raffling off. This is Claude Monet's Lily Pond. I was actually here. This is from memory and photo reference of this gorgeous <clears throat> you know, pond that Claude Monet had on his property. And the Japanese bridge would be just to the left. It's a wonderful painting. This is done as paint. This is done with palette knife. Um, and you remember the weeping willow tree and there are some nice little lily pads and all that good stuff. So this is the print that will be auctioned off. I will sign it um, on the back uh, before I ship it out to, to the winner. And so then it becomes the question of well, how do you win, right? How do you enter? So you can go to my website, which is blindseries.lindafistler.com. And I'm actually going to switch screens here a second and um, let you see. So hang on one second with me, guys. Um, here we go. So as you enter my site, website, you'll see this little scrolling thing here at the top. If you press this first button and you click here, enter the raffle, it'll to show you how. So let me go back and show you that again. So he, up here at the screen at the top when you enter at blindseries.lindafissler.com, blindseries.lindafissler.com, there is a scrolling monologue or story or whatever you want to call it up at the top, a slideshow. That's another thing you can call it. And the first button is how to enter the raffle. Read the rest is what you want to click on and it enters you it brings you to the enter the raffle and win. Okay, so let's go down this page because there's a lot here that you need to know. So there's the print sitting on a nice little, you know, by a little table, a little in the setting so you can see what it looks like. It's a 15, approximately 15 inches by 20 inches. And it is on a canvas print. So it actually looks like it's been a, a canvas. Okay, so it's gallery wrapped. So you don't need a frame. And it comes already uh, with the the hanging 
um, string on the back, the wire on the back, and, and I believe there's a, a hook that you can put, a hanging hook that you can put on your wall and hang it up. So it's all ready. It's all ready for you to, to hang up. Um, the value of the print is about $125. So that's the information on the print. So how can you win the print? Well, there's a couple different ways. There's a number of different ways. So you can buy the ebook or the paperback, the Blind Influence, Blind Persuasion, or Blind Alliance. And when you click on either one of these, it takes you to Amazon to make that order. Okay. After you make that order, you'll receive a confirmation from, from Amazon. Send me that confirmation. So send the confirmation to lfissler at lindafissler.com and I will enter your name into the contest. So if you enter by buying the ebook, you'll receive one chance to win. If you buy all three, why are you pausing us? Okay, so I'm um, sorry, for some reason it paused my screen sharing and I wanted to make sure that you guys could see this. So here I am, we're back at the, the page, only I've screen captured it, so I won't actually be able to flip back and forth. Um, that seems to kind of mess some things up with the, at the system that I'm using to record this. So anyway, if you purchase any one of these three eBooks, you receive one chance to win. So one eBook equals one chance to win. If you purchase all three eBooks, you will get three chances to win. And again, remember that you have to forward that to Linda Fissler at, to lfissler at lindafissler.com. Okay. So, or you can you can purchase there's a lot of ores here so hang on there, you could purchase the blind influence blind persuasion blind alliance paperbacks and you receive three chances per book to win so if you purchase all three of these books you'll get nine chances to win again they'll send you a confirmation you send the confirmation to me at lfissler at lindafissler.com and i will enter your name in the contest Okay, so the next chances to win. If you buy the audiobook, and if you're buying the audiobook, that's your most chances to win. And there's a couple different ways that you can do this. Um, there's a couple different ways to purchase an audiobook. So we're going to go to downpour.com, and it's downpour.com. If you buy the Influence Digital Download, and when you um, cursor over blind influence digital download it's the link and so what you have to do is click on it and it'll take you to the digital download you'll receive five raffle tickets send the forward send the confirmation to me forward the confirmation to me at linda fissler lfissler at lindafissler.com and i'll enter the name in the contest now if you buy the mp3 cds which again Go over, highlight over, you know, take your cursor over this and click on it and it'll take you to the right page. You'll receive 10 raffle tickets. Okay. So, um, and then there's another one where you can buy a CD set and that gets you 15 raffle tickets. And it would figure I didn't take the last screenshot of that, but let me see if I can somehow share that screen. Let me... Saying it's now paused. Hold on one second. Yeah, I think we're here. Okay, I think we're here. So, um, so we're down here. 
So you can see if you buy, see when I, I mouse over these, it turns to a little hand so it tells me it's connected. So you would click on there. This is the MP3, so you receive 10. Buy the CD set and you'll receive 15 raffle tickets at downpour. So again, if I highlight over here, you see the little hand, click on it, it takes you to downpour to, to um, order. You'll receive a confirmation, forward the confirmation to me at lfisler at lindafisler.com and I'll enter your name in the contest. Now, if you wanna get even more raffle tickets, what you need to do is share this concept, uh, this post on social media, so Facebook, tag me in the post so that I know you shared it and I'll throw in another five raffle tickets for you, okay? If you email your friends and copy me on the email, Linda Fissler, lfissler at lindafissler.com, we'll throw in another 10 raffle tickets. If you do both, if you send your friends an email and tell them to join this contest to win this beautiful print, and you tag me in a Facebook post, I will put 15 more raffle tickets into your raffle with your, into the raffle with your name on them. The contest is actually, this is an early bird contest. I'm starting it out actually on the 17th, not the 19th. So if you do it today, you will be entered into the raffle tickets, uh, raffle, and um, it runs until April 10th at midnight, and the drawing will be held on April 12th. And then some these things that you should know. You must purchase at least one ebook, paperback, or audiobook and send the confirmation to me to be entered in the contest. Without the confirmation message of per purchase, you won't be entered in the contest. You must share the contest as described above to enter the contest um, sharing or copying me. If you don't share or copy me on the post or the email, I won't put any raffle tickets in for you. Okay, because there's no way for me to know that you're doing this unless you tag me or tell me, you know, that, that you've done it, show me that you've done it in an email, etc. So see, seeing me on the email or tagging me in the post. Okay, the raffle tickets are um, for sharing the contest are in addition to the purchase of the ebook, the paperback, or the audiobook. Okay, so basically, um, the more people that purchase these things, the higher my ranking goes, the more that you know, it gets shared with people outside. So, you know, you, by you entering the contest, you're helping me get more word out about the books and, and, um, you know, more, hopefully more purchasing and a higher number and who knows, hopefully fingers crossed bestseller, right? You know, that's what I'm trying to do. So if you purchase the blind influence audiobook on audible, which will also be available on audible, not just downpour, send the, send me the confirmation lfisler at lindafisler.com and I'll enter you into the contest with 15 raffle tickets. All decisions are final, okay? So this page goes into account what you can do to win this little print, little 15 by 20 inches print, okay? So, and that is at blindseries.lindafistler.com. So you can see that. So let's head back to the PowerPoint. Okay, so I'm going to full screen this so we don't see 
There we go. So remember to send me your confirmation. That's so important if you want to be entered into the raffle, okay? So send me that confirmation. Tag me and CC me on anything you say you send to Facebook or to your friends and email saying, hey, enter this great contest, okay? So um, remember to do that. And I'm going to wish you good luck. And now as a treat for hanging in there and listening to me, <laughs> I'm going to let you listen to uh, chapter one, the first part of Blind Influence Audiobook. Um, Stefan Rednicki of Skyboat Media reads this, and I just want to give you guys a little preview of what the book actually sounds like. Thanks for listening. Help me get the word out about this raffle. You know, hope you guys enter. It's a wonderful, it's a beautiful print. It'll look great on your wall. It really, really will. Remember, it's a value of about $125. I'll take care of the shipping and everything naturally. So if you win, you know, you'll be able to enjoy this print for, for ages. So here's Stefan. Take it away, Stefan. In a closed society where everybody's guilty, the only crime is getting caught. In a world of thieves, the only final sin is stupidity. Hunter S. Thompson Day 1 Paris, France The alley was dark and littered with trash from the overflowing waste cans and with drunken, unconscious patrons of the saloon located at its end. The amber light, which seeped from the cracks in the door and boarded up windows of the dilapidated building, provided enough light for passers-by to avoid stepping on any undesirable objects. Noise from the saloon was muffled, but still audible, as it drifted down the alley to one of the many streets of Paris. A man, whose face was still handsome, though hiding the youth that had been beaten from him by the life he had chosen, prepared to tiptoe his way through the maze to the saloon door. His short, dark hair blended with the misty night. The collar of his raincoat flipped up, its belt tightly securing the taut raincoat around his sinuous body to protect the clothes beneath it. He stood at the corner of the street and alley, surveying them both. Had he been followed? Who was waiting for him in that dark alley or in that raucous saloon? Did he have his gun loaded? He withdrew the firearm, a Beretta, checking it and his surroundings. It was now ready in case he needed it. He glanced up and down the main thoroughfare before sliding around the corner into the misty darkness of the alley, toward the amber light that betrayed the presence of some of the lowest life of Paris. As he tiptoed to the door, he heard a screech. He didn't bother to look. He had heard those types of screeches before. It was a rat— something he despised intensely and saw far too often. It was beyond this well-educated, well-dressed man why Jacques preferred to squander his life in such vile places. In this man's estimation, Jacques was paid rather handsomely for his information. Another screech caught the man's attention and pulled him from his thoughts. He paused as he waited to hear additional steps on the wet pavement. There were none— only the snorts and a swat of a man awakened by the vile, dirty creature trying to steal a breadcrumb from the drunk's shirt. The man again started for the door of the saloon. He reached the door and breathed a quick sigh of relief. Just before placing his hand on the doorknob to enter the raunchy establishment, he took in a very deep breath. He winced from the stench 
which made him wish he hadn't done that. He opened the door slowly, trying not to attract any attention with swift movements. He entered the room cautiously but calmly. He stood momentarily in a darkened corner at the entry of the room, surveying it and all the chaos. No one was the least bit interested in him. The room was lit with sconces and lamps, all draped with red and orange chiffon-like material. The man wasn't sure what kind of effect the owner was going for, but he was quite sure he had walked into a badly reproduced opera. The amber light danced with the smoke created by just about any type of smoking device he could think of, all being used by various patrons of the bar. In one corner of the room was a very badly abused grand piano, which was annoyingly out of tune. Most of the patrons were around this piano, while a sloppily dressed overweight woman sang as if she were an opera diva, complete with fan and headdress, screeching a very bad rendition of the Casta Diva aria, which sprang from her heavily red lipstick-laden mouth. Like fingernails scratching down a chalkboard, the woman's attempt at singing grated on the man's nerves. As the shrill sound of a high note accosted the man's ears, he turned his head to see a darker area, far from the offending racket of the opera impersonators who he surmised were pretending to be performing at Covent Garden. As the man reached the darkened corner booth, he untied his coat and slid onto the stained and tattered velvet bench, his back to the wall, facing the door to the saloon. His form seemed to disappear into the darkness, only his hands seen as he called the bartender over to the booth. He thought of ordering gin when the bartender arrived, but somehow felt whiskey was more appropriate. He found that thought strangely odd, but it didn't matter anyway. He had no intention of drinking it. Shortly after the bartender returned with his shot, a short Frenchman, complete with at least a three-day growth on his face and the body odor to match, slid into the bench across from the smartly dressed man. The Frenchman's smile wrinkled the skin around his eyes and revealed missing teeth. "'Monsieur Atkins,' the Frenchman greeted the man, eyeing the shot of whiskey. "'Jacques,' Atkins adjusted the collar of his coat as he watched Jacques begin to salivate. Jacques's eyes never strayed from the whiskey. "'Consider it an advance,' Sean Atkins added in his proper English accent, a stark conflict to Jacques's very common and broken English. Some advance, Jacques retorted, grabbing the shot. You no like whiskey anyway. He threw his head back as he downed the shot. Sean smiled. What do you have for me? I have some information on your blue-eyed friend, monsieur. Jacques paused as the bartender arrived to take a drink order from Jacques. Bring two more whiskeys, Jacques instructed the bartender. Bring the bottle, Sean corrected. The bartender left to retrieve the bottle. You are very good to me. Uh, that is why I work so hard for you, no? Jacques said. You have been very helpful in the past. I've yet to hear what you have for me today. The bartender returned with the bottle. He set it on the marred table, placing a second shot glass in front of Sean. Jacques was still fondling the first glass. The bartender waited to be paid as Sean eyed Jacques and his nervousness. Jacques was almost too anxious for the drink, and this piqued Sean's curiosity. Monsieur, 
It is the policy, the bartender began. Yes, I'm sorry. Sean pulled out some cash and peeled off a handsome amount of money to pay for the bottle and secure their privacy. There is extra for you. I trust you won't bother us or remember. I don't remember anything or anybody. It is how I stay alive, the bartender answered as he walked away. Jacques grabbed the bottle and began to pour himself a shot, licking his lips. You will be pleased with what I have for you, Jacques said, and then downed the shot, wincing as the cheap alcohol burned his throat. He wiped his mouth on his dirty sleeve. Sean watched as he poured his third drink. This behavior was very strange indeed. Although Jacques enjoyed the benefits of drinking, Sean had never considered him to be an alcoholic, and this behavior was that of an alcoholic or someone drinking to seek comfort from something terrible, something haunting. Had Sean's blue-eyed friend double-crossed his stoolie, his informant? Or was Jacques about to double-cross him? Sean confidently and covertly looked around the saloon. The very bad opera was continuing. No one seemed out of place, and yet Jacques threw his head back, wincing after his third shot of what Sean figured was close to grain alcohol. Well? Jacques had begun to pour his fourth shot when Sean tipped the bottleneck up in Jacques's hand. The meaning was clear. Your friend left for America this morning, Jacques spat out quickly, and then forced his hand to pour another drink. Very quickly and quite effectively, Sean wrestled the bottle out of Jacques's hand, applying just the right amount of pressure around the wrist. Jacques grimaced and released the bottle. He looked up at Sean as the Englishman placed the bottle just out of his reach, continuing to hold it. Jacques's eyes moved from the bottle along Sean's raincoat sleeve to his face, which showed a flash of anger. Sean was trying very hard to control that anger, which was welling up inside him. This morning, Sean asked through his clenched teeth. Yes, Jacques answered, again licking his lips and fidgeting in his seat. And you wait until now to tell me this? I question your loyalty to me, Jacques. Monsieur, I am offended. I called you at your hotel this morning. You did not return my call until 5.30 this evening. I have been here waiting for you ever since. You are the one who is late. This is not my fault. Sean knew Jacques was telling the truth, but it didn't make it any easier, and it certainly wasn't calming his anger down. He had been tracking down a bad lead. The frustration of knowing that he had again been misled by informants he thought were more reliable than Jacques was just one more way the serpent kept one step ahead of him. Sean had given the blue-eyed serpent a full day's head start to America. Had he not been in the French countryside, staking out a chateau where he had been told the serpent was vacationing, he would instead be on a plane, hot on the serpent's trail. He ran the fingers of his free hand through his hair, as his other hand continued to hold Jacques' precious nectar. Sean inhaled deeply, trying to calm his mind. Where? Jacques eyed the bottle. He knew that the next answer was not to be given to Sean immediately and without some difficulty. The serpent had been quite clear on that. Jacques needed to think how to throw him off that thought. My memory is not too good. Maybe another drink? Sean felt his blood pressure climb rapidly as if his head were about to burst from the anger. He was going to lose control quickly if Jacques continued this stupid cat-and-mouse game. 
Through clenched teeth and desperate attempts to keep his voice civil, Sean spoke slowly. You'd better think harder, my friend. You are not getting another drink until you tell me where in America your employer has gone. Jacques sat back. He had never seen Sean so angry. Jacques hadn't realized that Sean knew he was working for the serpent. He wondered what his employer had done to make Sean react so, to harbor this much hate for him. Jacques was merely following the orders that had been given to him, just as he had done many times in previous years. He saw no reason why this reaction was warranted. His employer had never given him any reason to suspect that Sean would be this angry. The serpent's instructions had been to tell Sean only that the serpent had gone to America, and to make Sean work for the information on the general area the serpent was traveling to. Then Jacques would be paid handsomely, and his family spared. He did not tell me where, monsieur. Sean eyed Jacques with contempt. He knew now that the serpent had led him on a wild goose chase again to cover his escape to America. Was it an escape? It didn't matter. Sean knew that Jacques knew more. Jacques had to know what city the serpent was landing in right this minute. Jacques may not know where the assassin would go after the serpent's plane had landed. The serpent enjoyed allowing Sean this close. It was their game, and the serpent wasn't about to end it. Sean's green eyes flashed only a hint of the anger he was now harboring, as he realized that Jacques had been a part of this ploy all along. He began to pour the two shot glasses full of whiskey. He let a little maniacal laugh leave his lips. As he poured the second shot glass full, the glass closest to Jacques, he let the precious nectar flow over the glass and onto the marred table while letting another maniacal chuckle leave his lips. The whiskey began to slip through the cracks and rush to the end of the table. It began dripping onto the disgustingly dirty floor, to the horror of Jacques' disbelieving eyes. Scared by the scene unfolding before him, Jacques tried to stop the wastefulness of his precious liquid. Sean had never hurt him before, and Jacques felt Sean would not do so now. He wanted that whiskey to forget about his miserable life and his failures to care for and support his family. Earlier in the day he had pleaded with the serpent in Jacques' home. The serpent had fondled his children, threatening his wife's life to ensure that the serpent's message to Sean was completely understood. Jacques had pleaded with the serpent that this would be his last errand in this fool's game. The serpent had agreed. Jacques had wanted to celebrate that the serpent's hold on him would be ending in the bottle Sean was now wasting. As he reached for the bottle, Sean smashed it on the side of the table, sending glass and whiskey in all directions. Jacques shielded his eyes or tried, but Sean had grabbed the collar of his shirt in front by his neck with his free hand. In the rush of adrenaline from his anger, Sean lifted Jacques off the seat of the bench and suspended him over the table. Jacques began to whimper, but none of this was heard over the opera being screeched from across the room. Sean brought the jagged edge of the bottle up to Jacques's neck. Is it getting any clearer? Sean started, spitting out the last two words. My friend? Monsieur, please, I have a wife and children. Sean wondered if Jacques had pleaded with the serpent as he was pleading now, a fleeting thought that didn't persuade Sean for one minute. I know that, Jacques. 
Do you think I give a fuck about them? Does the serpent? What I don't know is where in America he is. Monsieur, please, I do not know. Do you think your life is any more important to me than it is to the serpent? Do you really think I care if you live or die? Sean began to press the jagged edge of the bottle into Jacques's neck. Why do you treat me so? Yes, I believe you are a better person than the serpent, but that is not the issue. I do not know where he is going. Please, I do not know. Jacques began to whimper more loudly as tears began to fill his eyes. Sean forced the jagged edge deeper, and blood began to run from the wound. Can you feel how close I am to ending your life, Jacques? Jacques let a little scream escape from his lips, but the position of Sean's hand on his throat kept it from being audible by anyone except Sean. Sean's voice was cold, calm, and betrayed how ruthless he could be. Where is he, Jacques? The stakes were too high for Jacques. He wanted this nightmare to be over. He wanted never to be bothered by either of these two evil men again. Washington, Jacques answered, defeated. State or city, Sean asked, keeping Jacques suspended in the moment. Washington, D.C., Jacques said, almost in a state of panic, wondering if Sean was going to take his life anyway. Please, monsieur, I beg you, I know no more, Jacques said as tears streamed down his face. No more. Sean held him a moment longer, staring into his eyes. Then he sent Jacques's quivering body to the back of the booth. Jacques reached for and felt the blood that was trickling out of the small cut on his throat. You have never treated me this way before. Jacques looked at Sean, stunned. In the years that he had been playing his double-crossing informant game, he had never thought that Sean could be so mean, so deadly, and so cold-blooded. It was what made Sean different from the serpent. But now something was different in Sean. Something must have snapped. Why? It was the only question Jacques could form as his eyes welled up with tears again. Sean stood. He threw some money on the table. He looked at Jacques. Maybe you better decide whose side you are on, Jacques. I'm tired of being fucked with. Sean began to take a step, then stopped. If the serpent was with your family today, if they saw him, then I pity them for what he did to them after you left with this information that you were paid handsomely to give me. He looked at the broken bottle in his hand. Your life is worthless. With that, Sean walked to the door and quit the saloon. Outside, he smashed the remaining part of the bottle by throwing it against the wall. He flipped up his collar and wrapped his coat around him to protect himself from the elements of the Parisian night. He wiped the remains of the whiskey from his face as he began to walk out of the alley. With each step his mind raced. He began to make a list of things he needed. By the time he reached the street he was almost in a dead run. Just as he reached the head of the alley he heard screams behind him. It was Jacques, screaming the names of his wife and children. Sean was right. The serpent spared no one, not even Jacques. The Frenchman's days were numbered. Sean ran to his hotel through the Paris night air. He had to get to America, and only one person could keep him from doing so. This person couldn't stop Sean if he went directly to Washington.
Yes, Sean would go directly to Washington. It was the only way. Well, I think you can agree that Stefan is a wonderful reader, and I hope that you enjoyed the first part of Blind Influences audiobook. Please enter, enter the raffle. Remember, go out to lindafissler.com. Actually, it's blindseries.lindafissler.com. Click the little read the rest, and then you'll have all of the instructions for entering the raffle tickets. Hope you enjoyed the first reading. I've listened to the audiobook. It's absolutely wonderful. So uh, again, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed Stefan's reading, and we'll talk to you soon. And please, please, please enter the raffle and share it. Get the word out. Thanks all. Bye-bye.